Mommy, mommy, what is sex? Sex? Why not? It's for school. Um, uh, you know, it's when Papa and Mama show their love. But you shouldn't do it until you're married. Otherwise, Papa Jesus will be angry. Hmm? But how? What do you mean, how? Your teacher is asking how? I mean, how to answer. There are only two choices. M or F. everyone and welcome to the 35th episode of Banana Q Podcast. Today we will be comparing Filipino parents to American parents as portrayed by Hollywood, of course, because yeah. we didn't have American parents. All Our only reference will be movies or stories perhaps from our friends, right? Yep. We don't have direct experience <laughs> from American parents. And, and to clarify, we will be comparing our parents and not, you know, the new millennial parents that we have right now in this era. We are both not parents, so mm. we don't really know how parenting works nowadays. And, you know, we do have friends who are parents, but usually their kids are so small that mm. we cannot really talk about that in detail. So instead, we're going to be talking about our parents and our friends' parents. <laughs> yes. So to give context, probably this is parenting around the 90s, right? Yes, exactly. That's our formative years. It's during the 90s. <laughs> Um, we could start with, um, well, what lies do parents tell the kids? <laughs> They're not necessarily harmful lies. You know, it's white lies to get them to behave, maybe, that sort of thing, right? Mm. So I guess in Hollywood, the m most popular um, lie that parents tell kids is about Santa Claus. Ah, yes. So it's a big thing in the U.S. because Christmas is a huge deal there. And actually, Christmas is also a huge deal in the Philippines. In fact, we start celebrating Christmas from September, yes. as you mentioned in our episode number three. But I don't really remember believing in Santa Claus, actually. My parents were very practical. Didn't really feed that to me. How about you, Ray? Yeah, same thing. They didn't really tell me the story about Santa Claus. And my friends told me about Santa Claus. And they said they won't visit our homes because our homes didn't have a chimney. And so <laughs> that's why Santa Claus is not visiting our oh area. God. So I, I don't know. That, definitely <laughs> okay. my parents were not big fans of Santa Claus. And probably because they didn't have money to give. <laughs> as yeah. Gift. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the main thing. In the Philippines, there are kids who believed in Santa Claus. I mm. remember I had neighbors who did. But the main difference I could think about, though, is that in the Hollywood films and the TV shows that we saw, usually the kids would be lining up at the mall and sit down on Santa Claus's lap. Mm. And then they would tell Santa Claus what they want for Christmas. And then the parent is obviously there eavesdropping on the conversation so that they mm. would know what to get the kid and then, you know, give it to them on Christmas as a gift from Santa Claus. But in the Philippines, we didn't have such a thing at all. Yeah, I don't think so. And those neighbors of mine who did believe in Santa Claus, right, they would get gifts from Santa Claus. But it's usually just small token items like um, stocking fillers. Usually they would put up stockings on their walls. We didn't have, you know, chimneys in the Philippines at all because, like, we didn't have fireplaces. But they would just put them on the walls or something. And that's usually where they would get gifts from Santa Claus. It would be, like, tiny things or, like, maybe chocolates and mm. tiny toys. Nothing expensive because, like, who has the money for that in the Philippines? 
No, <laughs> I don't <think> did. <laughs> yeah, and in the U.S. every year, these big toy manufacturing companies would release during Christmas like the new toy of the year or something like that. And usually kids would rush to order or request that toy. And in the Philippines, we don't have that as well because we don't have the Santa Claus concept. Yeah, even if we did have them, maybe the rich kids did. But well, Ray and I are both, we're not rich kids, so... No, I don't remember this happening at all. Yes. So Santa Claus is lie number one. And I think a similar lie to Santa Claus is tooth fairy. Yeah. So in, in the movies that we see, whenever a child loses a tooth, the parents would tell them, oh, hide it under your pillow because the tooth fairy will come and exchange it with money. I, I don't know yeah. how much is the market price for tooth right now i don't know is it one dollar per tooth i don't, I don't know but <laughs> i have no idea definitely that's something not applicable in the philippines like yeah whenever we lose our teeth and that uh, you know not, nothing there's no story about tooth fairy maybe the mm -hmm. parents would promise to appease maybe like i remember as a kid losing tooth is a painful activity or yeah if i had to go to the dentist which is not really the case because we didn't have money for a dentist. It, yeah. My, my grandfather would usually just tie a thread on my loose tooth and then just mm -hmm. pull it suddenly. <laughs> like very <laughs> manual activity. And, and my parents would promise me, if you endure you know, that activity, we will reward you maybe by cooking your favorite dish spaghetti mm. or maybe we'll go to Jollibee together so there's always that promise of ah. you know, trying to appease me so I suppose that's the equivalent of a tooth fairy right true yes could, could it be because as well that you know in the US they have all these stories about Santa Claus tooth fairy is it because their parents would read them stories at night for them to sleep we don't have that activity in the Philippines. Yeah, I mean, my mom used to read, help me to learn how to read by reading books. But it wasn't at bedtime. It was like, you know, summer, there's nothing to do, that sort of thing. And she would read the story to me. Usually mm. she would actually read from an English book, but she would translate it to Bisaya for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it wasn't a bedtime thing. That is one big contrast, right? Yeah, you're right. You have a mm. point. So maybe that's why we didn't have these things. Yeah, but another thing that they had a slice that I always remember is, I think this was even in an episode of Friends where Ross was saying that, um, you know, he still believed that the dog that they had when they were young went to a farm upstate. And actually, that's a lie that parents tell the kids to appease them so that they don't know that actually their pets died. <laughs> I don't think we had this thing in the Philippines. And also, one more thing. In the U.S., um, usually if a pet falls sick, right? Like the pet gets cancer or whatever it is. And rather than have the pet suffer through pain, they would get the vet to inject something to kill the pet. So it's a euthanasia thing, right? Mm. We also didn't have that in the Philippines. Because in the first place, like, who has the money for a vet? Usually, maybe that's why we didn't do these things. And we had a lot of dogs while I was growing up. And when they died, I was there. I saw them die. And my parents never tried to, oh, he's just asleep when we're taking him to the farm. <laughs> no, nobody ever said anything like that. I was there, I witnessed them die, I knew that they died, and I cried over each and every single puppy that died. Yeah. I don't think they ever tried to hide death from us. Mm. We weren't cuddled as kids, I would say, at all, right? Maybe yeah. that's the main difference. I think so too. Like, they, they didn't care. <laughs> they didn't bother <laughs> lying about it. Or I don't know, is it because our parents were very strict in disciplining us 
not to tell lies and so they don't want to sugarcoat anything they don't want to tell lies themselves i don't know it, it could be could be you have a yeah. point maybe right Filipino parents back then were probably not overly protective to the point of trying to shield you from the, the, the harsh reality or something, <laughs> yes. right? Like they just, well, that's the truth. That's a reality. Sorry, you need to face it. That sort of mm. thing. Why don't we move on to the juicy part of the conversation, which is punishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whenever you did something wrong, whenever you did something nasty... What did your parents do to discipline you? And let's start with the Western culture we see in movies. They usually use the word grounded. Yeah. They would ground their children. Like, But what does it mean? Like, Being <laughs> grounded means you can't leave the house or maybe you need to stay in your room without access to, say computers or whatever it is that gives you entertainment you're just being restrained like you can't do something so it's a very non-physical kind of discipline right yes exactly it's like you're not allowed to have fun you're not mm. allowed to go out with your friends if you were supposed to go to a party or whatever then you couldn't do that yeah. and actually you're right when i first read that phrase in pocket books when mm. i was i don't know in grade five or something i was saying what is you're grounded i don't even know what that is <laughs> like, it's so alien to me because nobody ever said that in the philippines <laughs> yes no nobody that's not applicable or even to say go to your room what room? We didn't have our own bedroom. <laughs> My room? Meaning our room, right? Yeah. It's usually a common bedroom for everybody to share in. Like even the parents and mm. the kids are all there in that one bedroom. So mm. yeah, that also wasn't a thing. That's probably one reason why we weren't read bedtime stories. Because if our parents read bedtime stories, everybody will hear. <laughs> <laughs> True, and then everybody. But that's actually a good thing, though. If they just read one time, then everybody will hear and everybody will fall asleep mm, at the same time. But your time. kuya and ate, Mama, I've, I've heard that story a million times. <laughs> I need to sleep. Shut up. Or something like that, right? So it's no longer, Maybe you're right. It's Maybe. no longer applicable. True. So it seems like the, the Western kind of punishment is very verbal, right? So it's mm -hmm. non-physical. And if you compare that with our experience mm -hmm. when we were kids... <laughs> Our punishments, specifically for me, they were very physical. <laughs> yes, not just you, me too, of yeah. course. <laughs> so it's usually spanking either with a bare hand or sometimes with a broom. What's walisting thing in English? Like Yeah, it's it's actually a kind of broom made of the <laughs> coconut leaf sticks, right? Ah ah the 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 broom that the witch would ride on, right? That's the, yes, that's yes. the kind of walisting thing. Yeah, so it's the it's the stick. They don't use the entire broom. Mm. <laughs> Usually just you take one stick and then, you know, like use that to... Yeah, where do they... Is it on your hand? No, sometimes on the butt. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, some more extreme parents would use a belt or something. But I think that one is a bit probably too much. But yeah, but that's common. The most common, I think, is the chinelas or yes. the slippers. The slippers, yes. <laughs> but I don't think it's just a Philippine thing. I've, I've seen skits about that. Like, I think other Asian parents do the same thing. Sometimes pinching as well, like on your side, pinching, mm. and then sometimes twisting the ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one's painful. Or they ask you to kneel on rice. Yes, I've experienced <laughs> that. And sometimes salt. And then sometimes you have to like um, spread your arms, right? And mm. then you, they put books on your hands. Yes, yes. So you need to balance <laughs> that way. <laughs> well, it depends on the book. If it's the if it's 
<laughs> an encyclopedia though. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> that'll be very heavy and that'll be very painful. Yeah. And, and in the US you can't do that, right? Because mm, yes. you know, they're very strict with corporal punishment. And I, we can see that kids in the U.S. would actually threaten their parents of child abuse. Okay, I will call the police if you hit me or something like that. Yeah, we didn't have such a thing in the Philippines. <laughs> that is why that was a common punishment. So I was trying to look if indeed we have a law that would implicate the parents for using corporal punishment. And apparently we don't have any. The law that we have is the Family Code of 1987. And it's very vague. You know, it recognizes the right and duty of those with parental authority over children to impose discipline on them as may be required under the circumstance. So I was like, hmm, okay. So they, they really have the authority. To do whatever they want. Yeah, to impose discipline. So that's the big difference, I would say. I'm not saying that our parents did not verbally assault us. They did, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Yeah, of course, ooh. yes. <laughs> but, but on top of the <laughs> reprimands, the nagging, there's also the physical type of punishment. For non-Filipinos... Uh, they, you know, the the kinds of punishments that we received as kids would seem like a bit too harsh because mm. in U.S. that is considered to be child abuse. But in the Philippines, aside from yeah, you are allowed to physically hurt your kids and also even you know threaten a lot. Like some parents just like to threaten, right? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> Yeah, like my, my father threatened to put me inside a sack and close it up, but they don't actually do mm. it. It's just all threats. So it's more of um, psychological warfare. <laughs> that warfare. Oh my God. Which I also am actually not sure if it's a good thing, by the way. But anyway, so, so those are the kinds of punishments that we had. Whether the Western style or the Filipino style is better, who knows, right? But the important thing <laughs> is imposing discipline is important whilst we are growing up. We are in our formative years and that's the best time that we learn or we instill discipline in ourselves. So I think it's important, but as to how, as to the methods, there's an ongoing debate. I hear people are still debating what is the best <laughs> method. Yeah, you're right. But yes, definitely discipline is required because mm. if you don't discipline your kids, then they will end up becoming spoiled brats and mm. nobody likes spoiled brats. It's not just you who will suffer in the future because, you know, the kid could just get away with everything that he wants to do, but also the society, right? If you unleash this kind of person on society, <laughs> it's not good. I'm, I'm trying to think why, as a kid, we were okay with receiving physical punishment, right? And I, I think it's because the Filipino household is centered upon, you know, respect to our parents. Like, we are indebted to our parents for giving us life, for giving us a shelter, for putting food on the table. So we, we, we call that utang na loob. Like, we have very high regards and respect with our parents. And so we don't mind receiving yes. physical punishment. And we don't ever threaten to call the police <laughs> on them. Otherwise, you know, we will receive more punishments. <laughs> yeah, but also because I think that was the norm. Like, mm. nobody we knew did that. And as you said, there was even no law against it. So even if you call the police, nothing's gonna happen, right? Mm. Unless you are, like, you know, you're bloody and all that, and it's really actually physical ah, violence. Yes. Then yes, of mm. course. But if it's just, you know, kneeling on rice and, you know, just chinelas, mm. nothing's gonna happen. The police is just gonna laugh at you. Mm. So I think the, <laughs> the, the family code puts a lot of trust on the parents to know what is right, what is the right amount of punishment or what is the right amount of discipline to impose. 
One item that we noticed in the movies is in the U.S., the parents at a certain point in time would talk in private to their children about a delicate story of the birds and the bees or otherwise known as sex education. Yeah. L- looking at movies and when the parents teaching that, it's like I would always wonder, how come I'm, I never got that yeah, <laughs> conversation <me> <laughs> when I was a kid? <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, think, I don't think we did. Yeah. Yeah, I never had that conversation with, with my parents. Mm-hmm. It seems like that topic is very sensitive and awkward to talk about in the Philippines. Yeah, it is. Um, even in school, right? Mm. A lot of schools don't even teach sex education. Yeah. And in fact, because the Philippines is mostly Catholic, so actually people teach that the best thing to do is to avoid premarital sex, right? Uh, yeah. What is that called when you don't engage? Uh, um, sexual abstinence. Yeah, they always mm. teach that abstinence is the way. Mm. But it's not. It's not the way. The, the problem with this method is the kids do not know you know, what are the consequences yes. of having sex and all this. And that is why we have a lot of teenage pregnancies. Yeah, because kids remain curious. Like there's this question that's never really answered properly. And so they look for other sources, say their peers, their classmates, who also don't know the proper <laughs> explanation. <laughs> yeah. And so everybody is just so confused and it brings a lot more problems, which is uh, teen preg- pregnancy uh, and all that. And that's because we were never really properly taught the, the essence of sex education. I suppose teachers are assuming that the parents would initiate the discussion. Mm-hmm. And parents also thought that the teachers would initiate the discussion in school. So it's like <laughs> nobody is really <laughs> taking the responsibility. Yeah. But for me, I recall... You know, I, I would pick it up from my classmates. That's it. Like, I, I, I would ask around and they would teach me things that they figured out from somewhere else. And, and you know, it's a really confusing and it's a really very inefficient process to learn. Yeah, it's really not. I, I remember I was in third grade, so I was around nine years old mm. when my classmate, who was a little boy, but he was the one who told me about, you know, your parents, they do that and... You know, like he was actioning it with his hands and I was Oof. horrified. Like, I don't believe you. Why would they do such a thing? <laughs> and I don't think I really believed him at all. Like until like maybe I was a teenager or something and somehow I found out about it somewhere else. And like, mm. okay, so that was true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just awkward for parents, I think, in the Philippines to discuss that with their kids. And even if, if they talk about it, it would be always in the form of like, you shouldn't do it mm. rather than telling them, okay, if you do this, this is what you should do to prevent pregnancy or, or diseases or something, right? So yeah. that's not also good because the kids wouldn't know. Like they probably just see something on the internet or whatever, and mm. then they don't know what are, what's bad about it, right? So yeah. it's also not a good thing. I would yeah, because in the US, the parents, you know, of course, the anatomy, how it works and all that, but... Beyond that, safe sex can be discussed as well. Like it's it's a responsibility, and so these are the things you should avoid. These are the things that you should consider because if you do that, these are the implications. But we never have that uh, discussion. It's always just uh, blank. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I think in US, even parents would like you know give condoms to their children or something. Like probably the the, the kids would be horrified. Like what do you? But at least they do that in mm. the Philippines. I don't think that parents would do such a thing. It would sounds like. It sounds horrifying to mm. them. And I don't think I've ever 
seen that happen. So there's a misnomer of talking about it as encouraging the activity, right? We are not necessarily encouraging the activity. Yeah. We're educating the children not to make the silly mistake of... Yes, exactly. All right, so I think that's enough about the birds and the bees. It's also getting awkward now. No, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one more thing that is common in, you know, Hollywood parents, I would say, is uh, divorced parents. Mm. In the movies, you see that a lot. It's very common in the U.S. for parents to divorce and have even second marriages or third marriages or whatever. Mm. Usually, it ends up with um, broken families, I would say. And usually, the parents have joint custody of the kid. So, the kid has to stay with the mom, you know, for one week and then the next week mm. with the dad and so on. That's actually not very common at all in the Philippines because for one thing, there is no such thing as divorce in the Philippines. The Philippines and the Vatican City are the only two countries in the world where divorce is not allowed. <laughs> that is because, as I said, Philippines is a hugely Catholic population, so it could be that. Mm. Obviously, same with Vatican because the Pope lives there. We do have annulment. I don't think it was that common. It is not as easy to get an annulment. And it's usually a lot more expensive. Like I remember a few years back, a friend tried to get an annulment. She mentioned she ended up spending around 500,000 pesos, I think. Mm. So that is why it wasn't as accessible. It uh, resulted in couples who don't really love each other anymore or not even compatible anymore who just decide to stay together because they are forced to. Mm. And they do it to keep the family together. But that's not necessarily a good thing either. Mm. Because like, what if they really are irreconcilable and they're a toxic couple? Rather than go their separate ways and be happy, instead you are forcing them together and the kids have to go through this toxic a living situation, which is yeah. also not good. The people who are anti-divorce usually say it's because, you know, people who have access to divorce would just willy-nilly get a divorce just because they had a fight. Maybe that could be a case for it. But on the other hand, the extreme is this one. Mm. Two people who are really not meant to be together, forcing them to be together, right? And yeah. it's it's also not healthy. Yeah, and the children would be the worst victim, right? Because they are forced to live with parents who, who can't get along. And of course, as a child, seeing their parents fighting and all that, it's not it's not really healthy for the child growing up. Yeah, and also the worst would be if, like, for example, a common thing would be like the dad has a side chick. Ooh, and and yeah. because, like, he can't divorce the wife, like, he doesn't care. Sometimes he brings the side chick along or whatever. And the kid has to witness all this. I can't imagine what kind of health life that would be right yeah it's definitely not healthy maybe a close parallel to divorced parents would be parents who are physically away not by choice but because of work so say in the u.s we see a lot of military parents who need to step away of the country because they are stationed overseas and it usually you know lasts for a long period of time maybe a year two years three years and so there's that distance separating the the parent and the child and it gets really difficult like how can you be a parent if you're not physically near or you know with your child so it is a tough situation but it's a lot better than being divorced right because mm -hmm. the love the sincerity the care is still there it's just that physically it's not possible well in the philippines a more common example of distance parenting would be us, like overseas Filipino workers. Are you telling me you have a kid in the Philippines? No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, 
<laughs> more and more, like each year, there's a there's a there's an increase in the number of OFWs, right? And so mm-hmm. there's always that situation where children are in the Philippines, whereas parents are living abroad, working, mm-hmm. and you know the distance obviously has a lot of impact. So children are no longer as close to their parents. Like, how would you physically punish your child if you're an OFW? I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, the people in the Philippines leave to look for work abroad so that they could send money back to their families, right? Mm. So in this case, as you said, maybe they have a kid. So of course, they cannot find a good paying job in the Philippines in order to sustain their child's education and Mm. these needs. So they have to go to Hong Kong or Japan or wherever just to earn a decent wage that they could send back. Yeah. And usually the kid has to stay with if if you know if if one of their parents is there that's good but some of them they don't even have both parents yeah. right they're living with their grandmother or aunt or relatives there are a lot of things you can do if you are in proximity to your child like reading reading a story mm-hmm. imposing discipline through <laughs> physical punishment uh, yes. how, how would you do that maybe in the future there will be an email and then when you open the email so like you will be zapped uh, a certain voltage <laughs> as what? A Why? I don't know that I don't know it's just Horrible. <laughs> so right now, everything is being substituted by remittances. Yes, money, yes. Yeah, education, uh, discipline, all of it is uh, substituted by money. It's hard to discipline a kid when you are not there, right? Because you mm. try to compensate. So you just give them everything, just give them all the money. And they become a spoiled brats because of it. And I think there are a lot of kids with OFW parents who end up having that problem. Mm. And also, at the same time, like they don't really appreciate what their parents are doing for them. In fact, in that movie, Anak, mm, right? Yeah. Do you remember that? Uh, Anak means child. Mm. It starred Claudine Barreto, I think. And, and Vilma Santos. Vilma Santos, yeah. yes. Claudine is a the daughter there and she ends up doing drugs or something, mm. I think, wasn't it? Yeah. But because it's this based on the song, right? The very popular song by Freddie Freddy Aguilar. Aguilar. Yeah. And the kid went into drugs and all that is because, yeah, they felt like their parent wasn't around for them. Mm. So I think it's important to have somebody to be a pseudo parent, like somebody mm-hmm. you trust, somebody you can really rely on in, you know looking after your children but some circumstances really do not allow that to happen so yeah no choice because it's the money issue if you don't leave then what will you feed your kid cannot really fault the parent okay one thing we noticed in hollywood films is like helicopter parents (laughs) (laughs) yes but what is a helicopter parent first of all it is a parent who pays extremely close attention to a child's or children's experiences and problems, particularly at educational institutions. Helicopter parents are so named because, like helicopters, they hover overhead, overseeing every aspect of their child's life constantly. I suppose this usually, you can imagine this as like the like the Karens of... <laughs> You know how it is, right? Like a mom who is overly competitive or like hovering over her child to the point that she would do anything to make sure that her child succeeds to the point of like, you know, paying illegal bribes 
mm. to get their kid to get into a certain university. But actually, this is not just Hollywood. This happened in real life, right? Yes. Like recently, there were some actresses even that yeah. got entangled into this kind of scandal. And also, they oversee everything that their kid does because I think it's more of like a pride thing in a way, I guess. Mm. Like, you know, you are proud that your kid is an Ivy League student and all yeah. these things so that you can brag to your circle about it. Filipino parents, of course, there are also helicopter parents, right? Mm. But it's not really so much, probably not in this sense. I mean, if you compare to the average Filipino parent, because there would be middle class or poor, mm. if they do this, it's more of they just want their kid to succeed. Mm. Like, you know, you want to make sure that your kid graduates college, right? So that is why, like, if your kid is in danger of not graduating, then you go and welga. Okay, what's welga? <laughs> Protest. <laughs> <laughs> Protest, right? Like, yeah. I think we mentioned this in our college episode, which happened to my college classmates. And that is usually because of that and not because of a pr kind of a pride thing, but not really because of a social thing, I would say. Yeah. It's more of you just want to make sure that your kid doesn't become poor. Yeah. It's also limited, though. Like, they, they cannot for example, pay bribes because they don't have money to do so. Like, if I remember um, when I was young, I don't even recall that paying tutors was a thing that was common. Mm. I have never had a tutor or anybody I know. Usually the only ones who had tutors are the rich kids and there were very few. Yeah, I agree. And it was usually if they were really in trouble, like they're really dumb at math or something. Mm -hmm. And not because you just want them to be ahead in life kind of thing. Mm. In richer countries, like even in Singapore, not US, right? It's very common for them to have tutors, even though they're not dumb. It's just because you want to make sure that your kid is on top of his class. It's a kiasu mentality <laughs> or another, which yeah. is a different thing. Uh, kiasu means like you always want to be number one. Mm. So it's different. I don't think that's a thing in the Philippines. Yeah. And it even extends to non-academics, right? So they sometimes mm -hmm. enroll their children to say piano lessons or swimming lessons, like several oh, yeah. activities just so their children are well-rounded, holistically developed. So parents really, to some extent, become helicopter parents when it comes to, you know, education and development of their children. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't think we had that as commonly in the Philippines. Like, I think my mom attempted when I was, like, very, very young. I also enrolled in ballet class, but I think it was just, like, a few months and then, okay, we have no money anymore and then that's it. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I don't think we could afford that. That mm -hmm. is why, you know, if we had uh, extracurricular activities back then, it was because it's just clubs in school. Didn't really cost a lot, right? It's either mm. clubs in school or you just, you know, like, for you, join Boy Scouts, the sort mm. of thing. Yeah, but that, that's <laughs> a good point though you mentioned that if our parents had the access or the capacity to enroll us into you know this extracurricular tuition classes then chances are they would right yeah they would yeah. I, I did try ballet and i think also tried piano but it was like a neighbor or something you know it's not like a <laughs> it's not like a fancy schmancy official you know oh our neighbor has a piano she knows how to play piano okay you just go there like all the neighborhood kids went and got lessons and probably it was like very cheap mm. yeah it's not like what you see in the movies like their parents is just you're good at this you have to you you know what I mean? Yeah. Because first of all, I don't think Filipino parents would think that being a pianist or being a ballerina is going to make any money for their kids. So they are not going to entertain that, right? Yeah. I think so too. <laughs> like Filipino parents don't really think that arts degree or anything, you know, like ballet, they don't really pay the bills. 
yeah. to the point that they have their own set rules and guidelines which industries make the most money. Yeah, exactly. Like for me, I think I tackled this in the college episode that I was forced into accountancy by my parents. You are going to be a CPA lawyer. That was their dream for me. Like, I don't even like law or I don't even know what the hell accounting is. But like suddenly they had this idea that I was going to be that. You know, they have this set rules. It's mm. about stability. It's about money, that sort of thing. Whereas the children in the US that we see in the films are more independent or they have more agency on the choices involving their lives. Mm. Like, for example... Um, career options or college options even. Like, yeah. okay, maybe n not everyone is gonna jump for joy that their kid wants to be an artist, but at least some parents do allow for it. I think in the Philippines, they're just gonna be shut down immediately. Ah, yes. The best person who explained this is actually Jokoy. <laughs> He's a Filipino who grew up in the U.S. He's a comedian. <laughs> and he actually has a show on Netflix called Jokoy Live in Seattle. And why don't we just play them a clip of this so they can hear it for themselves. Shit on my drink. Yo, I'm telling you this, man. I became a comedian, which is totally against the grain when you have a Filipino mom. <laughs> if you have a Filipino mom, that is not the career choice you're supposed to have. <laughs> Filipino moms predetermine what their kids are supposed to be when they grow up. And you know I'm not making this shit up. There's a lot of Filipinos in here right now that are nurses. <laughs> yeah, right? That is true. There are so many Filipino nurses. And if you've been wondering why, it's because of that. <laughs> it's so true, it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it's not just Philippine, uh, Filipino parents though I think Asian parents as portrayed in Hollywood films Asian parents of kids who are even in US they mm. are more strict like that yes. compared to like American I mean Caucasian parents yes that's right that's a good contrast right because in the US parents would usually talk to their kids as if they are adults like they would mm -hmm. try to reason with them try to understand what, what their motivations are and all that. But in the Philippines, the parents enforce the things that they think are good and right for their children. And children, you know, don't have the ability to talk back. Or yes. I would say... You would uh, get scolded. Like, how dare you? <laughs> you get slapped and then mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. you're just a child. You don't know. Like, wait until you become an adult and make your own decisions, something like that. So, mm -hmm, exactly. Um, it, it's quite tough to make your own decisions as a child in the Philippines. You know, the parents usually have the final say. Even mm -hmm. You may say things what you want or what you like, but at the end of the day, most of the time, the, the parents will rule um, or make the decision. Yeah, the parents are always right. Mm. And it's not just parenting, right? Even in society, we mm. always are supposed to give deference to the older people. Ah, yes. Like, we always have to, well, first of all, call them with a respectful title like Tita... Dito, mm, mm. sir, ma'am. <laughs> and, you know, even in at work, even if, like, let's say someone is working for you, mm. but because he, she is older, you are still supposed to respect her. And mm. respect is fine, but sometimes, like, you cannot talk that way to her because she is older than you. Like, what if she's wrong? Like, yeah. you're not even allowed to do that. that. I don't really agree with this. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's the reason why I am not very confrontational, even as an adult. I always hesitate to speak my mind, especially, you know, uh, coming to Singapore, it was my first time. And I was shocked that people are able to speak their minds, 
even to their bosses they were like you know give out opinions very strong opinions i was like what the hell's going on? Like, why is the <laughs> boss not angry at the employee? Why is he welcoming um, the opinion? And and to me, that was quite shocking because it's a very different mindset that I've experienced when I was a kid. Like, never talk back to your parents. If you have opinions, just keep it. Otherwise, you will get the chinelas. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> as a punishment. Another main difference I just noticed just now is that, like, I think you said earlier, right? We were raised to think that we are supposed to... Um, be grateful to our parents for um, giving a roof over our heads mm. and all these things. But actually, in the US, it's the opposite. It's like the parents are supposed to give you all that. Ah. If they don't give it to you, then you can report them to the police. <laughs> Go to jail, right? Go to jail. <laughs> I will sue you. <laughs> And that is why I think that's the difference. Mm. For us, we are very grateful to our parents. Um, what do you call it? We have filial. Is it called filial? Filial love, yeah. You know, you are supposed to give back or to even, you know, take care of them forever. But in the US, it's it's not like, okay, so even if they gave you all these things, it's because it's required of them. Yeah, it's their obligation and responsibility. And if they can't give, you can sue. Oh, my no. Exactly. So that is the difference, I would think, in the attitude. Mm. And because of that, the parent in the kids in the U.S. can talk back to their parents because they think that, well, so what? If you're giving me all these things, you owe it to me. Mm. So Something it's an like entitlement that. issue, I guess. Yeah, and that's probably the reason why um, children in the U.S. mature at an earlier earlier stage. Yes, like uh, at the age of eighteen. They would leave their house and, you know, go to college, you know, staying in a dorm. So they are really independent at 18. Whereas in the Philippines, you graduated college, you know, you're still staying with your parents for as long as you're not married. Sometimes even, you know, yeah. you're married. If you can't afford to have a house of your own, you usually would stay with your parents. So it's it's a very big difference. <laughs> Yeah, it's very common to have multi-generational household in the Philippines. Your parents are there, your their parents are there, and your wife is there, and your kids are there. Mm. You know, it's a pros and cons thing. It's, it's a tight-knit community, mm. right? You have your clan in there. But, of course, on the other end of the spectrum is also the cons because, like, just because um, they're your relatives, right, doesn't mean that they should be number one. Because some people, they believe that blood is thicker than water, mm. I mean, it's fine if, if your relatives are really close to you, mm. like, you know, that you grew up together and they really have your back and all that. But sometimes you have friends who are closer to you than your relatives. Mm. And sometimes they still feel that they should take precedence over these friends of yours. Yes. Even, for example, like, let's say a wedding, just an example, right? Like, if you choose a best man and you choose somebody who is not your relative, people would whisper about you like, yeah. oh my what? God, he's such a... <laughs> right? Mm. That's right. You mentioned multi-generational house or home. Physically, it's not expanding. It's still the same house. It's just <laughs> yes, that. oh no, yeah, oh God. <laughs> We're welcoming more and more members of the family. So, Yeah, and that is why you can't, really cannot tell a kid to go to their room. <laughs> <laughs> and the walls are not that thick, so... Technically, you you know, whenever there's you say domestic discussions or infighting and all that, people will hear. Like everyone would hear that. You yes, know, <laughs> you're fighting over something. Maybe you have a, a lipstick kiss mark on on, <laughs> <laughs> on your shirt. And then everybody would know about it because obviously yeah. you were quarreling so about this. Tomorrow, that will be yeah. the chismes. That will be the topic of <laughs> chismes. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, you are right. But anyway, in relation to the age of 18 thing, right? Because in the US, usually at the age of 18, kids would leave their parents' houses mm. because they're independent. Usually this is around the time after they finish high school, not even college. Mm. So there's a difference, right? In the Philippines, it's your parents' responsibility to put you through college as well. But in the US, it's not. Mm. So if they want to go to college, they would usually have to find a way to finance themselves like through loans or whatever. Yeah. Because of this reason, because the kids flew the coop early, then the parents, you know, they could keep their money for retirement purposes. And as a result, the U.S. kids are usually not required to become their parents' retirement plan. (laughs) Right? Yes. (laughs) Because in the Philippines, more often than not, this is the case. Like, if, you know, your parent has a kid and then they will put the kid through college and whatnot, they would expect that the kid would also take care of them in their old age. Okay, of course, you should take care of your parents because they, you know, helped you and all that. They also paid for your education and all these things while growing up. But it becomes a problem, right? Because what if you become a parent yourself or, you know, you have other obligations and then you also have to care for your parents. And there's actually a term for this in Singapore because apparently this is also a thing in Singapore. We are apparently called the sandwich generation, because that means we are in between two generations that we have to support. We have to support our parents and then we also have to support our own kids. I see. And it's a problem, right? Like, And it's because saving for retirement is really not prioritized in the Philippines. Mm. The goal is just to have a kid and make sure the kid does well and then you're set for life. That is the common Mentality, thing in the Philippines, yeah. right? Yeah, which is not good as well because your child is going to suffer. Mm. You should have also um, thought about your retirement. I mean, I can understand, of course, if you really didn't have any money to put towards retirement. But some parents, even though, like, let's say they already are given money by their kids and they don't even think about saving some of that also, you know what I mean? Like, they just don't care. You know, you are required to take care of me, something like that. So that's also a bad thing. It's the same thing as like because you're old, you are supposed to be respected. No questions asked. So it's the same thing like this. I took care of you. You are supposed to take care of me. No questions asked. But if you were a horrible parent, (laughs) you just gave the bare minimum. And just because you're a parent, you are expected to reap the benefits of your kids. You know what I mean? Because that's common in the Philippines, unfortunately. It is a common mentality to have their kids as a retirement plan. (laughs) And the contrast to that is in the U.S., since the parents are very detached from their child at a young age, 18, some children, they don't, aside from the physical separation, you know, emotionally, they become separated with their parents as well. That's why there are a lot of elderly in retirement homes that don't really have contacts anymore with their children, which is quite sad, right? Because emotionally, they are left alone. Whereas in the Philippines, even though we have our own families, we're we're still attached to our parents somehow. Uh, We still keep in contact. So that's the difference there because we're still financially attached. And so, you know, we are emotionally (laughs) attached as well. Maybe. That is true. (laughs) Mm. And also, I don't think homes for the elderly is really really common in the Philippines. As I said, we are used to multi-generational homes. So if you grow old, you, of course, live with your kid. Mm. You know, not like in the US, even if your kid has enough space in their house, it's actually more common for them to go to a retirement home Mm. or they call it a retirement communities and all these things. They usually generally don't want to be a burden to their kids. 
think that ends it because right because it's a it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey from, <laughs> from childhood until old age. So from the lies yeah. we were told <laughs> until <laughs> retirement. Yes, we finished. <laughs> Finish line. <laughs> Okay, great. Yes, great. So, so how do we end this then? <laughs> it it goes back to the ultimate question: which parenting style is better than the other? Is it Western or is it the Filipino style? Yeah, I think as we have kind of mentioned anyway, while going through the list that we have, there are pros and cons to each side. Obviously, mm. I don't really think there is one parenting way that is better than the other as a whole. Yes, that's right. And if you have the secret recipe, if you know. Write a book about it for sure. A lot of parents would be willing to pay for that because to be honest, there are several combinations. There are several factors that need to be considered for parenting to be effective. And for sure, D and I, we are not parents, so we don't know anything (laughs) about what a correct parent is. But our vantage point is as children to our parents, we've noticed (laughs) all these things. And so we won't know. And they, they, they keep saying, okay, talking about parenting is difficult. Being a parent is a million times more because it's totally different experience. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It, actually, for me, I think parenting is like the, one of the most difficult jobs there is. Yeah. If you're a parent right now, let us know what you have noticed, the difference between your generation as a child and now as a parent. What are the differences? Is there digital spanking right now? I don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> if that's even possible. Because I'm really curious, right? Because generations change. Like if you recall, during when we were kids, there's usually one parent, usually the mom would stay at home and, and mm, be, yes. you know, fulfill the needs as a, as a housewife. And then the father usually is the breadwinner and all that. But right now, that's no longer the case. Most of the time, both parents are working or roles are reversed. And so there are a lot of dynamics that are no longer applicable. Like the 90s has been, even though it's just a decade, <laughs> two decades away but it seems like a very distant past when it comes to practices and especially parenting if you've been enjoying this conversation for sure you are because you are listening up to this point Um, consider listening to episode 28 what were your most memorable moments in college yeah I think you would like that episode yes so thank you very much for listening to us and that's it bye thank you bye (laughs)